Come on, just continue to sing that to him. Just tell him you love him this morning. Just continue to sing that to him. Just say, I love you, Lord. Tell him how much you love him this morning. How much you love him this morning. Forever I love you. thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We just thank you. We 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 thank you this day. We thank you for giving us another day. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you. Be seated right where you are. Be seated, please. His presence is here. His presence is here. His presence is here. Presence of God. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We never take His presence for granted. Never take His presence for granted. That the King of the universe would come down to earth and manifest His presence his presence amongst us. How wonderful. How glorious. How awesome is our God. How awesome is our God. 
How awesome is He? How awesome. I just want to tell you, church, we have to be thankful at all times. Always have a heart of thanksgiving. A thankful heart. The Word of God says in Psalm 100, to enter His gates with thanksgiving in His courts with praise. You enter into the gates with thanksgiving when you come before God. You enter His courts with praise as you praise and worship Him, as you, as you lift up an offering to the Lord, your offering of praise, an offering of praise and worship unto the King. And He receives your offering. And then He comes and inhabits your praise. The Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. He comes down and inhabits our praises, our worship. And it's a sweet fragrance to Him when we lift up our praise and our worship. It's a sweet fragrance to His nostrils. And He receives, he receives our offering when it's out of thanksgiving, when it's out of true worship from the heart, from the Spirit. We worship Him in spirit and in truth. Your highest calling in life is to worship God. Amen. That's your highest calling in life, is to worship Him in everything that you do. In your job, at home, wherever you go. You're a walking praise. You're a walking worship. You're, you're full of worship and praise at all times. In all that you do, in all that you work at, in everything. Because if you don't praise God, the rocks will cry out. And I don't want any rock to take my place and give praise to God. And the Word of God says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath, everything in the entire earth. The birds, when they wake up in the morning, they begin to sing praise to God. When the, the, the animals, all of creation praises the living God. All of creation. The trees give them a wave offering. The birds sing songs of praise. Everything in creation praises and worships God. Everything. Everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. We exist to worship. We exist to worship. To worship God. We exist to praise Him. We exist to glorify Him, to magnify Him, to worship. To worship Him, I live. To worship Him, I live. I live to worship Him. I live to worship Him. Do you live to worship Him? Do you live to worship God? Is that the deepest desire of your heart to worship 
to worship Him. You hunger and thirst just to worship Him, to be in His presence. What greater place is there to be? What greater place is there to be than in His presence? nothing greater nothing greater I want you just to continue to stay in an attitude of worship before the Lord and I want to welcome all of you I want to welcome any guests that we have this morning if you're a guest if this is your first time you know just wave at me raise your hand wave at me or something this is your first go around amen so I want to welcome you guys. I want to thank you so much for coming out this morning and being with us uh, to worship with us. Thank you. And um, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings right now. And part of our worship, part of us worshiping God is giving, 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 giving to Him, giving to His kingdom. Amen. And we, God is looking for givers. He's looking for people that will give, that will sow into His kingdom, that will sow into what He's doing in the earth. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. So if you look with me, you know God has an economy as well. There's an economy in heaven. Amen. How does the economy of God work? You know, in the beginning, God cursed the ground. He cursed the ground in Genesis. He said, You will work by the sweat of your brow, and that it will bring forth thorns and thistles. And God cursed the ground. What He did is he's, He cursed man's economy. But there's a way out of the curse. Amen. Through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He removed the curse. And if you turn to Malachi, the third chapter. Thank you, Jesus. Malachi 3. When you have it, say Amen. Malachi, the third chapter. Let's see if I can find it. Hallelujah. Here it is. I'm going to start in verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. And you sons of Jacob... You are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I shall return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, why will we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. God said, you're robbing me. 
from tithes and offerings that are due to me. Now your tithe is not giving. That's what you return to God that He's given you. So God gives you a certain portion, a set amount. God gives you a portion. Okay? And a tithe is, means ten, a tenth. Ten percent. And your tithe is what you return to Him to show that you acknowledge Him as your source. Because your, your job isn't your source. Amen? Your bank account isn't your source. God is your source. So what are you going to do when you lose your job? God forbid. Who's going to take care of you? God. What are you going to do if you're in transition from one job to another? Who's going to take care of you? God. He's going to look out for you. What are you going to do if God leads you to leave your job and to start a business? Who's going to take care of you? Who's going to supply your needs? God. So he says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. So you have tithes and you have offerings. Amen. You are cursed with a curse. For you, this whole nation, have robbed me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there will be food in my house. And test me now by this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing for all eternity. Wow. That's what my translation says. It says, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you for all eternity. Oh my gosh. So your tithe, that's what you return to the Lord, the 10% that you return to Him. Tithing is not necessarily, it's not giving. A tithe is you returning 10% to God of what He's given you, the total that He's given you. Now offerings are different. Offerings are when you bring a sacrifice before the Lord. When God asks you to bring an offering, it's a sacrifice that you bring to Him that, that He tells you to give, that He accepts. You notice in the Old Testament, God always determined what the sacrifice was, not man. So when we give offerings, we allow God to lead us, to speak to us, and lead us in what we're giving as an offering to Him. Because it's not an offering to any man, it's an offering to God. Amen. So, you know, this is the only place in the entire Word of God that God says, test me and see what I'll do. Try me and see what I'll do. It's the only place. And it's in giving. When you become a giver, when you can give freely and not under compulsion, when you can give freely and, and, and release from what God has given you, there's a liberty that comes to you when you give. I'll just tell you that. You know, I think about several times when the Lord has spoken to me specifically and told me to give large amounts to somebody, to another minister or whoever. When God speaks to you and releases the faith to give, 
it brings liberty to you. It brings freedom. And then it allow God's it, it allows God to expand you in his economy and in your finances. Amen. Do you know that God wants to bless your finances? He wants to bless your finances. He wants to bless you in that area. He wants you to have abundance, overflow. That's what he said. I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. He says, try me and test me in this and see what I'll do. Amen. So let's give to the Lord this morning. If you need an envelope, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will bring an envelope to you. Also, if you would, please write down your, your information where we could reach you, your email address, your phone number, all these things. So we're going to hand out everybody an envelope so we can uh, get your information. And when you have your tithe and your offering, what I want you to do is hold it in your hand. you to hold it in your hand or if you've already they've already taken it up let's go to the Lord right now with with our tithe with our offering right now in Jesus name father in the name of Jesus we thank you this day we give you honor and glory Lord we thank you for always providing for us we thank you for always taking care of us we thank you father that we have the 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 opportunity to give to you and to give to your kingdom so, Father, we thank you right now. We thank you. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you for multiplying these tithes and these offerings a hundredfold, Lord. And, and, Father, I ask you to bless your people financially in every way. Bless your people, Lord. Release your abundance. Release your anointing for finances, for wealth, for wealth. That, that wealth would come into the kingdom of God. That wealth would come into the house of God. That your house would be full. That your barns would be filled. So Father, we thank you. Because you're more than able to do it. You're more than able. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you would, um, turn with me to Exodus, the third chapter.
And I want to share the word of the Lord with you from Exodus chapter 3. And I'm going to talk to you about the fire of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Franklin and Sharon got me stirred up singing about the fire of God. So um, I want to share with you about that this morning. And this is, some, this is an area that I'm very familiar with. And because I had an encounter with the Lord at the end of 2012, I had an encounter with the fire of God's presence at the, at the end of 2012. And when I did, um, it was a very powerful experience. It was a life-changing experience. And I want to tell you, when God visits you or when you encounter the fire of God's presence, it dramatically changes your life forever. You will never be the same. And the Lord spoke to me and He said, Son, because part of what I do, other than ministering in, in, in the church here, is traveling to other places and ministering in other churches or conferences. And the Lord said, Son, I've called you to bring my fire to this generation. I've called you to bring my fire back into the church. Now, why does the church need the fire of God? First of all, what does the fire of God do? What does the fire of God's presence do? It cleanses us. It purifies us. It, it, it burns everything out of us that is not like God. It burns every worldly desire out of us. And, and it, it burns inside of us an intense passion and desire for God and for His presence and for the things of God. And so when we look in Exodus, the third chapter, this is the account where Moses encountered the burning bush, which was the presence of God. And starting in verse 1, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I shall now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not draw near to here. Take off your shoes from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their suffering. And I have come down to rescue them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good, large land, 
a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Pezzarite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Come now therefore, and I shall send you to Pharaoh, so you can bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Wow. Now this is a very powerful account. And you have to understand, you can break Moses' life up into years of 40, in intervals of 40. Now the first 40 years of Moses' life, he was raised in Pharaoh's house in Egypt. He was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, and the name Moses means to be drawn out of water, because literally that's what she did. She, she, she rescued him out of the river, and she raised him up in the house of Pharaoh. And being raised in Egypt that, at that time, you have to understand is that they didn't know God. They didn't know the God of Israel. They didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They, they, they didn't have the covenant with God. Okay? And they, they practiced witchcraft. They had magi magicians. They practiced sorcery and all these different things. And Egypt was the most powerful nation on the earth at that time. You could relate it to the United States today. The most powerful nation in the earth was Egypt. And so at 40 years of age, Moses sees one of his Hebrew brothers um, being being harassed, being, uh, like it says in the scripture, they had taskmasters, taskmasters. And they were really hard on his people. And, and Moses saw his people being mistreated very badly during that time. And it was very difficult for him because he wasn't treated like them. He was living in the king's palace. He was living in Pharaoh's house. But he still had a heart for God and he had a heart for God's people. And so when he saw this mistreatment of God's people, of the people of God, and when he saw this, anger rose up in him and he, he slayed a man. He killed a man right there. And when that happened, he fled to the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 years the next 40 years of his life until he was 80 years old. And then this account starts here. When Moses encountered the burning bush, he was 80 years old when he encountered the fire of God's presence. Amen. Amen. And so why did God come to him in a flaming bush, in a bush that was being consumed by the presence and the glory of God. First of all, the bush was being consumed 
by the glory of God. The fire of God is one stream of God's glory that's released, which the glory of God is the presence of God, the manifested presence of God, the Shekinah glory. So there's two different words that were used uh, in the Old Testament or in Hebrew concerning the glory of God. One is kabod, which means the heavy, weighty presence of God. So God's presence, the word that's used to describe it is like a heavy weight. It has substance because literally it's God's presence being released. It's a heavy, weighty presence. And then the word Shekinah, Shekinah is when God's glory manifests and you can see it physically in the natural realm, like this account. So sometimes there's several different references in the Old Testament that when the Shekinah glory would manifest and a cloud of glory would appear. Or in this account, the fire of God's glory would be manifested and God would show up and say, I'm here. I'm here to meet with you. I'm here to change you. I'm here to show you that I'm here to, to be with you. And so in this account with Moses, the fire of God manifest. And, you know, in Hebrews 12, 29, the scripture says, that I, God says, I am an all-consuming fire. Amen. That's His nature. The nature of God, just, just as much as, the, as that God is love, God is also a consuming fire. And so what does that speak about when it comes to God's nature? That He's an all-consuming fire. He's not just any kind of fire, but He's a fire that consumes everything. He's a fire that consumes all of you. He's a fire that consumes everything and all of it all at the same time. And the fire of God always relates directly to the holiness of God. He's so holy that the only way to describe Him is like a fire. Because when you burn something, it's like when you purify gold. You know how they purify gold? They put it in a hot oven and they heat it up so hot to the highest temperatures that it, it, it cleanses and purges it from all the impurities that are in it. And then it brings forth pure gold. And so the fire of God cleanses, purges, purifies, releases passion, releases purpose, and it fills you, it, it brands your spirit with the holiness of God. It releases conviction inside of you from the Holy Spirit so that you'll walk by the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It burns out all your fleshly desires in your worldly desires that are not of God. And at that time, that's what Moses needed in his life. He needed, he needed to encounter the fire of God. He needed to encounter the presence of God in the form of a burning bush. 
Because for 40 years, he was raised up in the best teaching in the world in Egypt. He was trained. He saw witchcraft, I'm sure. He's been around the, magi the magicians and all these different things that were not of God. And he was educated in Pharaoh's house. It's probably much like the Ameri American education system today. I don't know. Maybe. And so, it says that in verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. Now sometimes in the Old Testament, when, the, when there's a reference to the angel of the Lord appearing, like it is in this account, the Hebrew word means it's it's a messenger, and that divine messenger is really not an angel, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ who appeared Himself in the midst of the bush to Him. Now that's what I believe. And so, the Lord appeared to him in, the, in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So I could see Moses walking down through the desert and he's just minding his own business and he's walking through the desert and he sees this bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. Now I'm sure that he'd seen other bushes before. I think about tumbleweeds, right? <laughs> like in the cartoons, like Roadrunner or something. Tumbleweeds. But I could imagine him that he's seen other fires in the desert before. This wasn't a first time. But this fire was different. This fire was the presence of God. And so it caught his attention. And he discerned that it was something supernatural that was happening. Moses, the first thing he did was that he discerned that this was not just any fire that it was a supernatural experience that was taking place and that God was manifesting Himself. Do you need an encounter with the burning bush? Okay, and then it says in verse 3, And Moses said, I shall now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. So, the moment that he said, I shall turn aside, and he turned to look at the bush, he gave himself to it. He gave himself to God. He gave himself to enter in and to encounter the fire of God's presence. We need an encounter with the fire of God. We need an encounter with the presence of God. We need an encounter with the glory of God that will forever change us because once you encounter the fire of God, you will never be the same. God, Moses couldn't go and deliver God's people before he encountered the burning bush. He had to be fundamentally changed on the inside. All of his being had to be consumed with God before he could deliver the people of God out of oppression. And I want to tell you, God wants to raise up deliverers. He wants to raise up people that are on fire for Him. 
He wants to raise up people that are consumed with Him. Every part of their being is consumed with Him. Every part of their life is consumed with Him. Because when the fire of God comes on your life, anything that is not of Him, it has to vacate the premises. Or it's, it's going to be burned up. It's going to be consumed. And you know, in Matthew 3... I believe it's Matthew 3.16. It says, and John the Baptist says, And he who comes after me, I'm not worthy to untie the strap of his sandal. But he will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now there's a distinct difference between the two. Now I've been baptized in both. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and I've been baptized in fire. And when you experience, what does baptism mean? The word baptize, baptizo, means to be completely immersed in something. So when you're baptized in water, that's what they do. They take you and, and they dunk you under the water and you're completely immersed under the water. And then you come up out of the water into, to walk in newness of life. You bury the old man. You raised up as a new man in Christ. That's the symbolic. That's what it's symbolic of. That's right. That when you're baptized, you're buried with Christ. You're buried with Him in baptism. And you're raised up in Him to walk in newness of life. That's what Romans 6 says. Now, then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is when you're baptized, you're filled to overflow with the Holy Spirit and you're so full that it comes out and overflows over you. And then you're clothed with power. Luke 24, 49 says, But wait, Jesus told his disciples, But wait in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Mm -hmm. So when you're clothed with power, that's like you putting this jacket on over you, like this. That's what it means to be clothed with power or endued with power. It's like the Spirit of God on you. So the Spirit of God lives in you, but He's on you also. There's a difference. Okay, now, in the, the main sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of it is that you have power. Mm -hmm. You have the power of God in your life. And the byproduct is that you speak in tongues. You speak in other tongues. You speak in a supernatural language that you otherwise couldn't speak in by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now the Bible says, forbid not speaking in tongues. And, and so, when the baptism of fire... Now what is the baptism of fire? The baptism of fire is when the Holy Ghost comes and He literally immerses you and He manifests fire and immerses you in His fire. He burns inside of you. Or when, I, when I experienced the baptism of fire, it was, like, it, was, it was like an intense fire inside of me for I don't know how long. And when it happens, you can't do anything but like lay there on the floor and just allow God to work on you. Okay? It's an intense experience. Fire is very intense. There's an intensity that comes with fire. Okay? It's not, you know, 
always a very comfortable experience, but it's a life-changing experience. And um, so when the baptism of fire comes in you, in your belly, it burns on the inside of you. Literally, your, your insides are changed. Your spirit is changed. Your soul is changed so that you can be like God. Not be God, but be like Him. Right. Amen? So you can have God's character. So you can have God's love. God's love is like an intense burning fire. That's how passionate it is. The fire of God, that's why in Scripture, it, re referencing even seeing God or seeing His eyes are like a burning fire. His eyes are like fire. His eyes are full of love. And that love is so intense. The only way to describe it is to be like a fire. That's how intense it is. That's how awesome it is. And so Moses turns aside to the burning bush. He comes into the bush. He submits. When he turned aside to the bush, he submitted at that moment. He just submitted to what God was doing. Will you submit? Will you submit to the working of the Holy Spirit? When God wants to release His fire, when the Holy Spirit wants to release His fire, it brings conviction of sin, to burn out that sin, to burn out the sins in your life, to burn out the iniquity, which is your bending toward doing what's wrong, that's what the word iniquity means. It's a bending. You're, you're bent towards doing what's not right. Your sins, your fleshly and selfish desires, soul ties that have been in your life that are uh, uh, un ungodly, God wants to burn that out. God wants to burn addictions out of your life that are not good for you. Anything that would harm you and hinder you from entering in to the fullness of what God has for you, God wants to get it out. Has anybody in here ever done a detox? It's a spiritual detox when the fire of God comes. A spiritual detox. And He detoxifies us of all the impurities because those impurities and those fleshly things those fleshly desires and all these other things hinder us from walking in the fullness of God's spirit it's an it's a hindrance to us and there are certain things that will only be removed by fire in your life only the fire of God can deal with those things. And so when Moses turned aside, he saw this great sight while the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, you see, the Lord saw when he turned aside. God saw it, what he did. And what did God do in verse 4? He said, God called to him out of the midst of the bush. And said, Moses, Moses. He called his name out. Moses, Moses. 
It was an invitation for him to come into the bush. I want to tell you that God is inviting you to come into the bush, to come into the fire, to come into his presence. There's an open invitation. And when the presence manifests, you need to be sensitive and you need to turn aside and, and, uh, and come in to the invitation that God is freely given and enter into His presence. And it's going to bring a life-changing experience in your life. Does anybody want to be changed? Does anybody want to be changed? Does anybody need to be changed? We all need to be changed. We all need to be transformed. And that's why we continually cry out day and night for His presence. We cry out for the fire of God's presence to be on our life. We cry out to experience that intense passion and burning that is released in the fire and in the presence of God. And so in verse 5, it says, And he said, Do not draw near to here. Take off your shoes from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. So he said, Take your shoes off, Moses. The place where you're standing is holy. So the fire is directly related to holiness. What does to be holy mean? It means to be set apart. So when God, that's what the fire does. The fire of God's presence sets us apart from everything else. When you're set apart, a state of being holy is a state of being set apart. So when the fire comes, every tie is broken. Every tie is cut. And God takes you and He literally sets you apart and makes you holy. The Scripture says, be holy as I am holy. Amen. Amen. Be ye holy as I am holy. That's what the scripture says. And so when we encounter the fire of his presence, God sets us apart unto himself. He completely separates us from the world. He wants to do that right now. He wants to separate us from the world because he's called us out of the world. And let me ask you this. You've been, called, you've been called out of the world, but is some of the world still in you? Hey, you've been called out of the world, but is some of the world still in you? See, that, that's what Moses' problem was. He had been called out, but God had to deal with Egypt that was in him. Egypt had to be dealt with that was in here, that was in him. And the only way it was going to happen was through an encounter with the fire of God, with the fire of God's presence. Wow, that's amazing. Do you want the fire this morning? Do you need his fire? Do you see why you need his fire? Do you see why you need the fire of God in your life? Do you, you don't want to be some dead Christian. We're not called to be dead people. We're called to be people that are so on fire, that are so burning, 
with the fire of God, that are so on fire for His kingdom, that are so filled with passion, that are so full of Him, that we would be a burning bush, a burning, a bright burning light in the midst of the earth, wherever we are. So he said, take your shoes off, Moses, from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said to him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then it says, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The fire of God. Do you see what it just said? He had to hide his face. The fire of God releases the fear of God in your life. When the fire of God comes and burns inside of you, it releases the fear, reverence, and awe of God. Because that's a requirement for you to worship Him. If you don't have the fear of God, it's going to be hard for you to worship God. Because you don't reverence Him. When there's no reverence for God, when there's no honor for Him, you can't worship Him. You... That's not real worship. That's not authentic worship. That's not true worship. That's not worship in spirit and in truth. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, there's a reverence and an awe before God that worships Him. That worships Him because you, you, you reverence Him. You honor Him. You have a deep honor and reverence in your heart. The fire of God implants that in you. It burns it on the inside of you. Amen. You ever seen when they brand a cow? They take a hot iron and they brand it. When the fire of God and the conviction of the Holy Ghost comes, He comes and brands you Amen. on the inside with His love and with His passion. It's so intense. The conviction of the Holy Spirit when conviction comes, conviction is an invitation for you to change. When the conviction of the Holy Ghost comes, God is saying, I want to change you in this area. That's why I'm convicting you. I'm convicting you so that you will change. And the power for you to change is present when the conviction of the Holy Ghost is there. God is saying, the Holy Spirit, I'm here. I'm here to change you in this area. That's why I'm, I'm releasing conviction in your life. Because I want to change you. I want to transform you on the inside. And when conviction comes, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes, God takes a branding iron that's so hot and He stamps our spirit with the truth. He, he brands us with the truth. The conviction of the Holy Spirit releases truth on the inside of you. So when He convicts you, this is what conviction does. When the conviction of the Holy Spirit is released, He shows you the difference from what's right and what's wrong. He shows you this is wrong. Now, I want you to change and do this. Yes. 
so you can do what's right. You can do what's pleasing to me. And when he does that, he stamps you with the truth. Truth is released in the very core of your being. The very core of your spirit is changed by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's so powerful. I thank God for his conviction. I thank God because if it weren't for the conviction of the Holy Ghost, I'd be walking in my own way. I'd be doing my own thing. I'd be walking astray. I'd be doing what I think is right. But a lot of times what I think is right is not right. And it's not pleasing to God. Amen? Who wants to walk in righteousness? Does anybody in here want to walk in righteousness? Does anybody in here want to walk in holiness? With holiness and righteousness, obedience, with obedience, walking in righteousness, walking in holiness, walking in obedience, that's walking in blessing. That's walking in favor. That's walking in the Spirit. Jesus said, there's a narrow road. Narrow is the path. Narrow is the path. It's a very narrow path that we're called to walk. There's a broad road out there. That's the road the world walks. But we're called to a very, very narrow, narrow path to walk along. It's so narrow. And you know what it is? It's the plumb line of God. God releases His plumb line, which is His standard. And we're called to that plumb line. And that's part of what the ministry of the prophet does in the church, is that prophets see when the people of God are away from the standard and the plumb line of God, and they call them back to it. They call the people of God back to the standard of righteousness and holiness and the plumb line of God. If you read in the book of Amos, chapter 9, that's exactly what he did. And he references the plumb line, which is the standard that God has set. It's a standard of righteousness and a standard of holiness. And that's what the fire of God releases upon our life. I want more of His fire. I don't know about you, but I need more of His fire in my life. I need His fire every day. I don't want to be a dead Christian. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be spewed out of His mouth. Is anybody with me? Are you being challenged this morning? When the challenge comes, when the conviction comes, like I said, that's an invitation to change. That's an invitation to draw near to God. That's an invitation to draw nigh to Him. And He promises that He'll draw near to you. Now let me tell you what the problem in the church is. 
people want to come to church and get a nice word and leave church the same way that they came in. They don't want their life to be disturbed. You know what that church is? That's the church in Revelation that Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But you don't want to let me in. You don't want to invite me in so that I can change you and make you like me. Wow. Lord Jesus. So God can make you like Him. It's an open invitation. Now, why would you want to come to church and leave the same way that you came? Why? If that's your desire, if that's what's in you, something's not right. You need the fire of God to come on your life if you come to church and you don't expect to have an encounter with God. Now every time we come into the house of God, we should be in expectation that we're going to encounter Him and that He's going to show up and that He's going to minister to us and that He's going to change us, that He's going to deliver us Does anybody need deliverance? That He's going to deliver us, that He's going to heal us, that He's going to restore us. That's what God wants to do. That He's going to release His fire on us. That He's going to release His blessing on us. That He's going to release His favor on our life. That's what happens when you come into His presence. So every time we come before Him, that means every day, really. Every day when we come before Him. You need the presence of God. You need to come into His presence. You need to enter His gates with thanksgiving every day and His courts with praise. So that God can minister to you. That God can release His life into your life. Do you need God's life inside of you. I think what it says, I think about what it says in John 15. I am the vine and you are the branches. And he goes on later and says, abide in me. Abide in me. Yes. Abide. Abide in me. Now, a branch that's not connected to the vine is going to die. It's going to wither up and die. But we have to learn how to abide in Christ. To abide in Him. Because that's, He's our lifeline. If we're not abiding in Him, we're not receiving divine life that flows from the vine. You're just maintaining. You're just existing. You're just doing whatever. But only in the place of abiding is where you have purpose. Only in the place of abiding is where you have revelation. Only in the place of abiding is that you have passion. 
It's hard to have passion if you don't know if you don't have purpose. Purpose almost always precedes passion. Because you have to have something to be passionate about. So if you don't know purpose, then you don't have passion. And your passion is released through purpose. The passion inside of you is released through purpose. The purpose of God on your life. God revealed Moses' purpose right here when he encountered the burning bush. He called him aside and he told him exactly what he would do. He said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who were in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Then he says, I have come down to rescue them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Do you see the plan that God had for his people? God saw what was happening. God said, my people are being mistreated. They're being beat up. They're being... That's not what I have for them. I promised them a land a long time ago, 400 years before that, a land flowing with milk and honey. I made covenant with Abraham that his seed shall be mighty in the earth, shall be as numerous as all the stars. God said, I'm going to bring them into it. But he had to raise up a man that knew his purpose, that was filled with the passion and fire of God. He had to raise him up to be a deliverer, to deliver his people out of Egypt. God still wants to raise up deliverers today. So I ask you, who has God called you to deliver? Who has God called you to deliver? There's people that you encounter. There's people that you meet that need help. That are desperate. They need God. They have no purpose. They have no life. They need to be delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. You may be the only person that knows Jesus that can grab them by the hand and pull them out right. of Egypt. Amen. Who has God called you to pull out of Egypt? Who has God called you to deliver? Maybe some of your family members. I don't know. I know I have some family members that need to come out of Egypt. Amen. All these people in the world. So many desperate people. God wants to snatch them out of the fire. He wants to snatch them out of the world and bring them into the kingdom of His dear Son. Where the fire of God is manifested, everything is made holy. Everything is made holy where His fire is manifested. I said everything is made holy. That means it's set apart for His purpose. When the fire of God is manifested, 
you were set apart for His purpose. And His purpose is released in your life. Then He releases passion. So you're so passionate. You think that Moses wanted to go before Pharaoh? The most powerful man in the world? That'd be like me going before the President of the United States and telling him to release these people. <laughs> He'd look at me like I'm crazy. But the fire of God upon your life will cause you to come before kings and say, release it. Release them. But you have to have the fire. Because the fire is the substance. The fire is the weight of His glory. The fire is His presence upon your life. The fire is the boldness. The fire is the passion that you would come. The fire is the purpose of God burning in you. The purpose of God burning in you. I said the purpose of God burning in you. It's the fire. The fire of God. God is a passionate God. He says He's jealous for you. That's how passionate He is. He's so passionate. And we're called to be like Him. What are you most passionate about? What are you most passionate about in your life? What are you, whatever you're most passionate about, that's what you're consumed with. Right. And God says, I want to release my fire upon your life so that you'll be consumed with me. Wow. Now to some people that's a threat because they don't want to give up their life. Uh-oh. They don't want to give up certain things in their life. They don't want to give, give up this old lifestyle because it's nice, it's fun. That's where you need deliverance in your life. That's where you need to be delivered and set free so that you can come into the fire of God's presence and allow Him to purge you of that and minister life to you and deliver you. Get out of that old lifestyle. Get out of that old wine skin. Get out of that old thing that's been hindering you for so many years. Get out of that addiction. Get out of that uh, bad relationship that you're in. That sinful relationship. Get out of that. Get out of that. Unless God's purpose is in it. Get out of it. But if God's purpose is in it, it will withstand the fire. Amen. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? If God's purpose is in it, it will pass through the fire. It will pass the test. You know, I believe it's in either 1st or 2nd Corinthians. The Word of God says, all your works will be tried by fire. That's the test. Your works will be tried by fire. They will pass the test if they're founded in God's purpose. Right. 
Hello. That's why you need to become the burning bush. Moses became the burning bush. His humanity represents the bush. And he became consumed with the presence of God and became a great deliverer and leader. You know that Moses led several million people? Several million people that he led an entire nation? You want to be a leader? You need the fire of God. You want to be a leader? You need the presence of God. You want to be great? You want to be a great leader? Come into the bush. Become the bush. Become the burning bush. You become the burning bush that people see. You become the burning bush in the earth. You become the one that is consumed with the fire of God's presence. You become the burning bush and you become a deliverer and a great leader. Because the presence and purpose of God is on your life. It burns everything else that's not of God. So only what is of God and of His purpose can remain. Do you hear what I'm saying? I need His presence. I need Him more every day. I need His presence more every day. I need His fire more every day to keep me burning, to keep me bright, to keep me full of life. I need His presence. Begin to play for me, if you would, Brother Franklin. God wants to touch somebody in here today. God wants to minister life to you. He wants to minister life. My hands are getting hot. There's fire. Fire in my hands. You ever felt your hands get real fiery, real hot? It's deliverance. It's healing. Deliverance and healing in your hands. Some of you, you're going to feel your hands get hot. You're going to feel the fire of God come on your hands. It's the presence of God there. It's the anointing of God. It brings deliverance. It brings healing. It's the supernatural power of God. Presence of God. He's a deliverer. He wants to set you free. Set the captives free. Set the captives free this morning, Lord. Set the captives free. Visit us with your fire. Visit us with your presence. Fill us with your fire. Just begin to open your mouth and ask Him. Ask Him for His fire today. Ask Him for His presence. Ask Him for His presence. 
Say, Lord, I want your fire. I want your fire in my life. I want your presence in my life. I desire more of you. I desire your presence. I desire your fire to consume me, your love, your fiery love to consume me, your love, your love. Consume me, Jesus. Consume me, Jesus. Consume this vessel. Consume this bush. Consume this bush. Consume this bush. Come and burn in me. Come and burn. Come and burn on my heart again. Come and burn. I invite you to come burn me. Come burn me up, Lord. Just sing that. Just sing that song. Sing that song right there. There's an anointing on that. There's an anointing on that. On that song. There's an anointing on that song. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Consuming fire. Yes, Lord. you to stand with me. Stand with me this morning. God's going to release something in here. The fire of God. God's going to release his fire. God's going to release his fire on you. Come on, worship him. Worship him. Consuming 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, right now. Thank you, Jesus, right now. I just thank you for blessing my brother right now. I thank you for touching him right now, Father. Touching him right now. Touch him right now. The very core and depths of his being. There he is. There's the presence of God. Wow. Oh, it's his presence. The Lord's touching your heart, stirring your heart even now. He's touching your heart. He's calling you closer. He's calling you to come near. Power. Power of the Holy Spirit. Shake Kada da da. Booming fire. Ashakuru do do. Reiki di di. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you, brother, in Jesus' name. I just release the anointing and the fire of God right now on you, brother. Right now, in Jesus' name, the Lord releases fire in your belly. The Lord releases anointing right now. The Lord releases healing, power, and virtue in Jesus' name. The Lord release it over you right now. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just receive it, brother, right now. Receive it in Jesus' name. Come out here. Step out here. Step out here. Hey, shake it, reiki, akarada, rokododo, ashakarada, reiki, didi, rododo, shedi, ababa, eke, reiki, akarada, rokododo, hey, shake it, rokododo, eke, di, reiki, akarada, da. Rododo shekedi akada rodo. The Lord says you've been battling and fighting for years and years and years and years and years and years. And the Lord says now, now is the day that you shall come into my rest, and you shall rest from the fight, says the Lord. You shall rest in me, and you shall be at peace in me, says the Lord. You shall be at peace, and you shall rest in me, says the Lord. For you know. For you know that I'm your healer. For you know that through me you have overcome. Or else you wouldn't have made it this far, says the Lord. But I say now is a day and a time that I'll lead you into rest. And the Lord says, be at peace and walk with me and talk with me. And be at peace walking with me, saith the Lord. Be at peace walking with me and do not strive or do not struggle and do not worry or be concerned says the Lord, because I've already taken care of all these things. I've already taken care of every concern and every need that you have. I've already taken care of it. And that you're a bright testimony in the earth. That you're a man that carries healing in your hands and in your mouth, says the Lord. That the healing of God flows forth out of your mouth, saith the Lord. And I see your tongue, I see your mouth full, full, 
full, full, full, full. Touch his mouth, Lord. In Jesus' name. And Lord said he's filled your mouth with healing. Your mouth is full of healing. All your mouth speaks is healing. And God says, release it, release it, release it, release it, release it. Release it. Release my healing power. Release my healing power. Because I put it in your mouth, says the Lord. Shake Riki Akarada Oshake Riki Akarada Rudodo Lord, I just released a greater boldness and passion over my brother right now for the things of the kingdom of God. Lord, a greater passion for healing, a greater passion for deliverance, a greater passion, Lord. Lord, that you stir his spirit, Lord God. Stir him, stir him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we just command this arm to operate correctly in Jesus' name. We command this, we command this hand, this entire arm to come to life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We command it to come to life right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, I see you speaking the word. I just see you speaking the word and speaking healing. Speaking healing to everything. Amen. And when it comes forth out of your mouth, everything that you speak to, it's going to come to life. Amen. When you open your mouth and speak the word, it's going to bring healing. It's going to bring deliverance. And I just see everything that you speak to coming to life. Amen. And the Lord says, you know the power of your words. And God says, put to practice, put into work, even greater even a greater passion for speaking the word. That's right. Not that you don't already do it, but with greater intensity, with greater passion, with greater power. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 There's a visitation from God on your life, sister, right now. God's visiting you. God's, God's calling you. God is calling you to come to Him. Uh, there's circumstances and there's concerns, even for your family and many different things, for finances, and I'll break it off of you in Jesus' name. The Lord says you will not lack any good thing. The Lord says you, know, you shall not be in lack. You shall not suffer lack. And I'll break every curse of poverty off of you in Jesus' name. I'll break every curse of rejection from your family and from your father off of you in the name of Jesus. And I'll break every orphan spirit in Jesus' name. And I'll release you from it in the name of Jesus. I declare that you're free and that you're coming into the blessing of God, that you're coming into the favor of God, that you're coming into real life in Jesus Christ and that God is delivering you, that He's setting you free, and He's setting your, your path straight, in Jesus' name. And I, hey, Shaky, I release the fire of God right now on your soul. 
in Jesus name to break every demonic oppression and soul tie in Jesus name it's broken hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah and God says the days of no hope are gone the days of no of, of, of no of no hope and of hopelessness those days are leaving you those days are gone and God says days of purpose are coming and days of vision are coming and days of life are coming and days of joy are coming and everywhere that you've cried and be discouraged and let down God says great joy and abundance is going to come in its place and God says he's releasing the oil of joy and he's giving you beauty for ashes and he's making up for lost time that you've lost and that you felt like you lost in your life and that God's going to minister life to you and redeem what the enemy has stolen. Oh, I release the oil and the glory of God and God's breaking you in the very depths and core of your being. In the deep of your spirits, gonna cry out to the Lord and cry out to the deep of God. And God is delivering you right now and setting you free from from years of, of, of tragedy and years of, of past letdown. God is delivering you of sorrow. Hey, Shakadada Luko. Oh, Ashakadada. Hey, Shake, Ri Akadada. Hey, Shake. And everywhere that you felt like you've been forsaken, everywhere that you felt like people have thrown you to the side and that you've been walked on, God, hey, Shake, Rokodo. God says, I'm stepping in now. I'm stepping in. The Lord says, I'm stepping in on the scene. Hallelujah. Oh, Sheke Rokodo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Sheke Akarada. And the Lord says, Surely this day will even mark a, a day. This will be a day marked in your life of a new beginning and a new start. From this moment forward, you shall not look to the past, and you shall not look to the past things. But the Lord says, look ahead, says the Lord. Look ahead, because God, he says, I've closed your past. God says, I've closed it. It's gone. It's dealt with. It's dealt with. And walk forward with me and walk in peace, says the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Just grab my hand, sister, right here. I feel the fire of God right now. God's doing business with you this morning, sister. The Holy Ghost, hey, the Holy Ghost is about to hit you so hard, it's going to shake you in the very depths and core of your being. 
I release it in Jesus' name. Oh! Oh! You're being delivered right now. You're being delivered and set free right now. Your life will never be the same, sister. I said your life will never be the same. Oh! Jesus! Jesus! Jesus. Years of grief is coming out of you. Grief and sorrow. Years of grief and sorrow is coming out. God's touching your soul right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He's doing a deep cleansing and purging. Your health is even going to change. Oh God. Jesus. Jesus. Yes, and where your bones have hurt, God's touching them. God's touching your bones right now, sister. Even where your bones are hurt, your joints have hurt, God's touching you. He's going to make your bones real fat, full of life. Hallelujah. This is your day of visitation. This is your day of breakthrough. This is your day to come into to God, into His fullness. It's time to come. Hallelujah. In your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. In your name, Lord. Hallelujah. In your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thought you forgot about me, God. Oh, God. I thought you forgot about me, God. Hey, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Yes, Lord. Release your love, Lord, right now. Release your love. Jesus. Sister, there's been a huge weight that just got lifted off of you. You're going to feel about 20 pounds lighter. You feel it lift? It's gone. It's gone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! You're worthy, Lord! You're worthy of all glory! You're worthy of all honor! You're worthy of all praise! And we worship you this day! We magnify you! We glorify you! We worship you! We proclaim your goodness! We proclaim your glory throughout the earth! Oh, we worship you! Consuming fire, consuming.
Jesus. 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 that your song make that your prayer make that your prayer this morning just make that your prayer this morning say fill me fill me fill me fill me fill me fill me Fill me, God. Fill me. We change one life at a time. One life at a time. Every life is precious. I preach the same way to 10 people as I do to 500. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Every person is precious in the sight of God. Every individual is special in the eyes of God and has a special divine purpose from God. We change one life at a time. If it's just one life at a time, will you go out of the way for that one person? If God said, I send you to go here just to touch one person, would you go? Would you go? Would you go for one person to be delivered from destruction? Would you go? God would, God, God would go. Would you go for an individual? One person, one life, I'm not worried about numbers because numbers are going to come. Numbers don't bother me. Numbers don't faze me because wherever the glory, the fire, and the presence of God is, that's what draws people. That's what attracts people. I come for one person. The last two days in Orlando were very small, intimate settings like this. Very personal. But we got to pour into the people. We got to pour into the people. We got to pour into the people. We got to pour into their lives. 
and to strengthen them and to help them be established and be strong in the Lord. And that's what God wants to do. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pour into people everything that we have. We're going to pour in. We're going to pour out and pour out and pour out into people's lives to help them come into their purpose, to help them become strong in the Lord. We're going to keep pouring in, pouring out, pouring out, and pouring into people's lives. Pouring into people's lives. The problem is, is the American mindset just thinks about self. The Western American mind says it's about me. Thinks about just self. But we have to die to self so that we can live for God. I could be selfish and say, I'm not going to come for one person. But if I'm dead to self and God says go, even if it's one person, I'll go. But I have to be dead first because self says no, it's not worth it. But God says no, it's worth it. Because I said it's worth it. Because it's my life. It's worth it. One life is worth it. One person is worth it. One individual is worth it. One individual is worth it. It's worth it. One life. One life. One life. One person can change the course of history. One person can change the course of a city. One person can change the course of an entire region and so impact that region or that city or that nation. One individual that is willing to obey God, just like Moses. One individual that's on fire for God. One individual that says yes to God. One individual that says, yes, I'll go. Moses could have been selfish. He could have said, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go before Pharaoh. He'll kill me. He can kill me. He, he can have me cast out. But he died to self in the fire. In the presence of God, he died. He died to self so that he could live for God, for his purpose. Will you do that? Will you do that this morning? Would you go for one person? Would you go for one person? For one individual? Come on, brother. Come on in. You're going to get hit with it too. You're going to go back out on that golf course on fire. You're going to be screaming Jesus on that golf course. You're going to hit the best drive you've ever hit. You're going to drive that ball 400 yards. You better be careful who walks in here. Because the anointing's strong in here. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just give you honor and glory this day. And we thank you for the honor we have. The privilege to just worship you. No greater thing. No greater thing, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for visiting us today. Yes. We thank you for being with us today. We thank you for 
continuing to go with us as we go out from this place. To our homes, to wherever we go. Bless our families, each one. And right now, I just release the blessing of the Lord over you. And I declare the Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance upon you. And the Lord give you His peace. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'll be here. I'll be down at the front if you'd like to speak to me or talk. I'd love to talk to anyone today. But God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you. We'll be back next Sunday. And do this. Invite. Text. At least five people. And invite them to come. Invite them to come to church. Invite them to come worship. Text five people. Call five people that you know. Say, hey, you need to come. God's moving. God's doing something. We're worshiping. Text five people and invite them to come and see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Most people, you know why most people don't come to church? Because nobody ever invites them. That's why most people never go to church. They're, they're just waiting for somebody to invite them to come. We have to be the ones that go out and say, hey, come, come be with us. Come worship with us. We want you to come and be a part of this fellowship. Amen? Amen. God bless you so much. I'll be down here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah.